Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, this is Kira Michelle from Rebellion Podcast. Uh, Alright, so it's been a minute again for me to, since I last did a podcast. Uh, reason being is that I wasn't quite sure what exactly I should be uh, talking about. And a few people have come up to me recently and asked me if I were going to do more podcasts or if I can do another podcast because they really appreciate uh, some of the things that I talk about in class. And I guess with that, when I go into class, I sometimes have a general idea about what I want to talk about. But honestly, it's similar to it's similar to me when I have a sequence uh, for for my class. I have a sequence. I go in, and then maybe the class is a little bit more advanced, and I have to advance the sequence. And maybe the class is a little bit less energetic, or I'm feeling lower energy, or perhaps newer students and I have to pull back a lot so I really have to read the room in order to at least try to deliver what seems like my students are after for that time that day where they are in their practice so it's similar to to my philosophy one my dharma so when I come in and maybe I have a general idea about what I'm going to talk about uh, but it kind of depends on on me reading the room, what I feel like the room needs at that time. Uh, so it definitely changes, it definitely shifts. Ideally, I would like to have, I try to have some sort of theme, but a lot of the time it also has to do with what's going on in my life to an extent. I feel like, well, the more, the more shit I've gone through, the more... I then can communicate with other people or the more podcasts or books uh, that I read or listen to, the more I realize that we're all going through very, very similar uh, things in life, similar difficulties. And or if a friend talks to me about what's going on, I can always uh, somehow see myself in their story or see parts of myself in their stories dealing with something similar. It might not be the same thing. But the emotions at the end of the day are all the same. There are certain, there are certain emotions, happiness, sadness, um, excitement, depression, etc., etc., that we all experience. They're the human experience. And I just remember going through them when I was younger. And even going through them now, if I'm not mindful, feeling like I am the only person in the entire world who's feeling these, these um, experiences, these feelings. And just feeling really, really isolated and really alone. So then when my friends talk to me and or I talk to them, all of a sudden I realize that we're, oh, I've been through that. I've been through that from a different perspective. So I'm not alone and they're not alone. Therefore, I've come to realize that if I just start to share some of my experiences with my students and... Mindfully, right? So I want, I don't want to go in and just put my crap all over my students and, you know, put heaviness. I don't need to do that. My, a lot of my dharma has, uh, is surrounded by, or based upon, I should say. Um, honestly, most of it's based upon the Buddhist uh, belief or teachings of suffering, of dukkha. Dukkha is suffering. So that life is suffering. And that already can hold a negative connotation to it. 
but it really is not at all. It's just stating the facts and from there it kind of goes into uh, where suffering comes from and that suffering comes from attachment and that we have the ability to release some of that attachment to soften around the edges and release an attachment is not saying not to care at all at all at all that's not what it's saying um, it's saying to be a little bit more mindful become aware of the attachments that we hold on to the fact that some of these attachments become stifling and they become our stories or perhaps it's stifling to the person or the people around us maybe we start to attach too much and we start to cling uh, so it's you know, becoming really, really mindful of the attachments of stories, of emotions. For example, I, I used to really associate with depression. I am depressed. I am sad. I am this. I am that. But if I step back from that and look at the fact that everyone deals with depression to a certain level, right? So maybe you, maybe you haven't been clinically diagnosed depressed. Or maybe you, you've never associated yourself with depression, but you deal with a level of sadness. You deal with a level of regret and pain in your life from time to time. So, or maybe you have been diagnosed clinically depressed and that's, that's cool too. That's fine too. So we've all dealt with certain degrees of sadness, or maybe I should say darkness, right? Maybe darkness is a better, a better word for that. So it's not individual. So how can I claim to be depressed if the person next to me, if every single person next to me has been through darkness, how can it be solely mine? So I have to release the attachment to I am depressed and just say I am experiencing sadness or darkness or depression. Maybe not even labeling it. Maybe labeling it helps. You know, putting it into a box, label it as depression and then pop it to the side. So just realizing that this stuff is... It's their human traits that we all experience. So getting back to what I was saying is that a lot of my teachings kind of come from this Buddhist perspective about dukkha. And hopefully, I'd like to think that I can, in class I turn it around so, it, so there's a little bit of uh, awareness uh, or clarity around it. And in yoga... Uh, avidya means ignorance and when we're living in that that in our stories in in our beliefs rather than facts and beliefs and facts are are two very different things and we tend to cling to the beliefs as if they are facts um so our stories like one of my stories is i'm not good enough or counter to that i'm too much right so then I cling to these as if they are facts, as if it's cold, hard facts and there's science behind it, which is avidya, that's ignorance, that's, um, that's this level of uh, just not being true. So we're trying to see some clarity, vidya, we're trying to see some, some purity and some clarity around our stories by not attaching. So I'm trying to hopefully at the end of the day, get across the fact that through our non-attachment to things, life becomes a little bit easier, a little bit smoother. Things become clearer. Yeah, I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about in my, in my podcast. In the first few podcasts, 
honestly, I didn't really have, once again, I didn't have this specific theme to go into my, to, to go into talking with. And I just kind of was riffing. And that's what happens to me when I'm in class most of the time. I'm just riffing. And sometimes I'm channeling. Sometimes, you know, I'm sharing some of the shit that I've gone through on a lighter level, not getting into nitty gritty details because I don't, like I was saying, I don't want to put heaviness on people. But I want people to know that I'm real. I want people to know that we're all just human. We're all going through it. Um, I was actually listening to a podcast this morning. Uh, it's an honor podcast and it's by Kyle Kingsbury and the podcast was with the guest, the guest was, um, Jim quick. It was a great, great, great podcast. It's called the human optimization hour with Kyle Kingsbury. And it's about who would have thunk human optimization. So just like little biohack tools here and there talking to people who specialize in certain realms, uh, whether it be fitness, mindfulness, spirituality, it could be a shaman talking about plant medicine. Uh, it, it, there's a whole different realm of guests that they have on the show or he has on the show. And reason being is because human, op- not human, if I could say it, that would be nice. Human optimization isn't about getting really good at work or it's not about getting really, really fit or it's not about, it's not about any one thing. That's what I'm trying to say. It's about the accumulation and combining all different elements of your life to find that human optimization. So it's sleep, it's food, it's fitness, it's mindfulness, it's being fit to serve others. It's about serving others. It's about all these different things put together to create a really optimized human so that we can start to optimize, uh, maybe start to encourage people around us to start taking better care of themselves, creating a little bit or or a lot of bit of a ripple effect so that we can then create a change in this world so that we can kind of a lot of the stuff they talk about is rewinding some of so we're so far advanced in food and technology and and fitness and yada 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 all these different things to the point that that they're actually not working for us right now we're so far advanced with technology and yet we're more tired as a society than we've ever been before. We're exhausted. You know, sleeping three or four hours a night is like, yeah, I only need three hours of sleep. I got like, it's like you deserve a reward for that. When in reality, it's about rewinding and going back to the old school days where we napped, where we had siestas, uh, where we slept seven hours a night because sleep is so essential. Food is another one. So we're so advanced with all these different products that we're creating to the point that we're not we're not actually eating real food anymore. So we're eating food-like products that aren't full of nutrition. So we're missing a lot of these vital nutrients that we really need um, to be in this optimized state of just being human. Uh, where another thing, yeah, so rewinding, going back to uh, eating food as close to the natural source that it comes in, making sure you're eating a really big, large array of colored food because different colored food holds different vitamins and stores different vitamins uh, and minerals. Eating uh, eating things that have a shelf life. Eating things that 
if your great-grandmother doesn't know what it is, wouldn't know what it is, not eating it. Um, if there's an ad for it, try not to eat it. You know, there's no ads for fruit and vegetable. You know, so just being really cautious and careful, re you know, rewinding back, not going to processed food, not going to fried food, taking care of yourself, eating healthy fats. Um, that was a really, really big misconception in the 80s that happened is that fat was bad for you. Um, so right now, while I was listening to a book the other day, uh, in the same realm, in the same family as uh, Carl Kingsbury, it's Aubrey Marcus, and I'll probably, I will be talking about him a lot, a decent amount in my podcast, because I'm actually doing a program with Aubrey Marcus and the Honor uh, Academy right now. It's called Fit for Service, and it's going to be happening throughout the entire year. It's about human op optimization, so I, there's a lot of that. So I'll be talking about him a decent amount. But one of the things that comes up in his book uh, called Own the Day is, I love this, he said, um, I think it was from this book, oh god, I hope I'm right, um, if you're not eating fat, you're probably going to be fat. So yeah, the 80s had this big thing about fat's bad for you, so we, we all of a sudden we went fat-free dairy, we went fat-free everything, and fat has a lot of the good flavor in it, as well as the fact that it helps to slow um, the process of the sugar spike in the body and a few and a lot of other really good benefits there if statistically when we started going fat-free or low-fat products in the 80s obesity levels started to rise and so right now where you know there's there's definitely this big kick in like awareness in nutrition again towards fat so healthy fats you got coconut oil you can put MCT oil in your coffee and tea which I do every single day avocados, nuts, all of these type of fats are really, really essential for us. So rewinding, going back to how we used to do things before we got really intelligent with food to the, to the fact that it was actually, to the fact that it became really, really bad for us. So all of this intelligence with the food just became detrimental to our health. And that shows in obesity levels. That shows when we just look around and see, um, where we are as a race, as a, as, a, as a human culture right now. It's kind of sad. Yeah, working on all that. So getting back to this podcast I was listening to with, uh, with Jim Quick, one of the things that he was saying, I've never heard this before. So I deal with um, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And we've all, we all deal with trauma. We've all been through traumatic experiences and it's relative. So the men who go to war and who experience insane, insane things, or, you know, if you've grown up in an abusive household or whatever it is, there's all different levels of trauma. It's not about comparing yourself to someone else's uh, experiences, right? So those ones that I was just saying, they're intense. They're intense. And maybe your experiences are less intense but they're not less worthy of attention and, and care and compassion and kindness. One of the stories that I have been dealing with for the last uh, probably three or four years, three years I think is maybe even less than that, uh, is the fact that I, ha I was diagnosed with PTSD. And I hold on to that and it stirs itself every more frequently right now than... than I'd like it to. 
um, I'd like it never to, but this is a part of life. And one of the things he was saying is that he said post-traumatic growth. And that just, I had to stop. I had to write that down. I had to like think about that for a little bit because it is, it's post-traumatic growth. The shit that you've been through, the shit that really, really hurts and the stuff that you've learned the most from, you know, it's always the hardest times where you learn, learn the best lessons. And you can read all the books in the world or you can listen to all the podcasts in the world like I do. I am always listening to a podcast. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't become yours until you experience it. You can learn about it and then share it. Or actually, what they were saying on the podcast is that after listening to a podcast or reading a book, we only really take in about 20% of what you've read or listened to. So that's 80% of the, the information is not actually being stored within the mind, right? So when you have to experience something, when you go through that thing, rather than reading it or listening to it, it becomes a part of you. So it's it becomes it becomes you you gain that wisdom rather than just the knowledge. I think that, I think that knowledge is reading it. Wisdom is experiencing it. So when I experienced the stuff that I went through with my, with my ex and being in an abusive relationship, it gave me the wisdom uh, about how to move on or how to move through or perhaps how to share that. Or for me, I think, I think that was the part that allowed me to become really vulnerable uh, with others and realize that I'm not the only one because I felt like I was the only one going through something in that capacity before. So it became, I think one of the reasons why people like me as a teacher is because the fact that I can share some of what I've been through, uh, the experiences, the feelings, the feelings of aloneness and making people realize that they're not alone and that they can get through things. And if it wasn't for the shit that I went through, then I wouldn't have had that growth. So that's why I love the whole concept of post-traumatic growth. So rather than it being a disorder, it's an opportunity. And I've talked, I've, I've talking, I've spoken about that uh, when I've when I've spoken about fear, right? So fear is is false evidence appearing real and therefore it gives us the opportunity to lean into something and create a new experience around something that possibly scares you so you can do that we can look at that I love handstands I love inversions I was scared so scared of handstands the reason why I was put into gymnastics when I was young uh, is because in kindergarten, I think it was, my teacher, Mr. Opie, Mr. Opie was getting us to do cartwheels. And I refused. I was terrified. Refused. So he spoke to my parents and said, this little girl's afraid of everything. You have to get her into dance or gymnastics or something, something where she can just kind of play and explore and have fun and fall and be okay. So my parents put me in gymnastics and... Even in gymnastics, I they put me into rhythmic gymnastics. Artistic is the gymnastics that everyone thinks about. So it's the the bars, the the floor, it's the tumbling, it's the vault, the beam, 
I was put into rhythmic. Rhythmic is the dance uh, flexibility side of things. So it was the ribbon, the ball, the hoop, the clubs, rope. Yeah. And so it was the softer. It was more gentle. I never, it wasn't the throwing around. It wasn't the tumbling. I could never tumble. could never do a handstand. So, you know, when I started to, uh, when I started to do yoga and kind of got into it and then decided that I wanted to learn how to do handstands and invert myself, there was this really big, big level of fear that was still there. You know, I had gotten through a lot of this stuff from when I was young, um, but still headstand, forearm stand, all of it scared the crap out of me. But it was false evidence appearing real, right? So you, you assume that if you fall, you're going to break your neck, you might die. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to break something. You're going to, it's, it's going to be bad. It's all going to end up bad. False evidence appearing real. So you start to lean into it and you see it as an opportunity. I have an opportunity to face this fear, to go, to go directly through it and conquer it. And little by little patience, practice, perseverance and experience. Every single time I fell, it was another opportunity to check it out and be like, okay, what can I adjust? What can I do differently? How can I train my body to be in that position? How can I train my body to find balance within the fluctuations of, of the physical body and within the fluctuations, fluctuations of the mind? So you step into that a little bit more and more and more until that fear has been overcome and there's no longer fear. I do not have fear around handstands. Um, although I got some canes from a man for Christmas and so canes are, um, they're elevated, uh, so I can do elevated handstands. It's on my, it's on my Instagram. If you guys follow me, it's at wellness underscore rebellion. So I've leveled, I've gotten myself up. I think the canes are six or seven inches. So now I'm six or seven inches off the ground. So there's a level of fear that goes into that. And then once I get comfortable with that, the canes will get higher. I'll get, I'll get taller canes. So for me, like that's one of the reasons why I love yoga is because it's this level of accomplishment. I'm getting there. I'm getting stronger. It's something I'm, it's something I'm super fearful of. I'm going to lean into that until I get it. And then there's this level of like, fuck, yes, I got it. And it's not just the physicality of it. It's the mental. Like how many handstands have I done to get to where I am? How many times have I fallen? How many times did I fall backwards before I could learn how to fall to the side? It's the frustration. It's the one day I'll go in and I feel light as a feather and handstanding is the easiest thing in the world and I can just stay there. And then the next day, nothing much has changed, but all of a sudden I feel heavy and I feel like it's the first time I've ever tried to do a handstand in my life. So more so than the physicality and accomplishing it. It's the mental fluctuations. It's the mental mind stuff that comes up and the ability to work through that, which is just, it's fun. It's challenging. It's hard. It's great. It's all of the above. So same thing with sharing, whether it's a physical, whether it's a handstand or the emotional or the mental post-traumatic growth. So that's another, that's going to be a shift to me. So every single time I think about PTSD, I'm going to think about it as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to share and an opportunity to get stronger because 
all of the shit that we've been through in life has made us the strongest. It's not sitting on the couch that has made us strong. It's going to the gym and getting the workout done that makes us strong. It's not sitting there in this perfect loving relationship that maybe isn't really that supportive and it isn't really that great, but it seems really cushy and easy. It's the hard, it's the hard relationships that have really taught us how to be in a relationship and what to accept boundaries. Um, my past relationship has taught me so much about what I deserve and what I will not put up with. And I didn't learn that until, until I was put in a position where, where I had none of that. And I'm not saying to go out and get that. I'm just saying that if you're in that, or if you've been in that, then use that as your tools. Let that become your wisdom. Don't just let it be something you know. Put it into action. Put it into words. Journal it. Um, record yourself. Put it out there into the universe. Start to make some of the, the painful experiences you've been through. Make them your new um, standards of what not to be, what not to do, and what to appreciate and what to accept because you're worthy, because you're stronger, because you can get the fuck through it. I think I'm almost done. So a few things that have come up within this podcast, strength, growth, evolution. These are words that I probably say in almost all my classes, strength, evolution, growth. We have it. It's there every single day. We can get stronger and stronger and stronger if we start to become mindful of everything that we're going through, of everything that we're doing. There's a purpose for it all. Like there's a purpose for every single posture, every single asana in yoga. When you're in warrior two, don't half-ass it. Do it the best you can, right? Use warrior two as core work. Use it as thigh work. Press down through the pinky toe edge of that back foot. Really activate the back inner thigh, you know, the back inner arch of the foot, press down through your big toe mound of the front foot. Make sure that front knee is tracking in alignment, drop the pelvis down, pull the navel in, get the most out of it, make those arms super, super strong, but soften the shoulders, soften the areas that can be softened, the jaw, the eyes, the gaze, and then the parts that need to be strong, fucking make them strong. Same with everything in your life, soften the areas that can be softened, right? That means that nap, Sleep when you need to. Be soft and gentle to the ones you love. But when you need to do something strong, do it with all of your might and put your work into it. And then putting your work into it and finding the softness where you need to will bring you strength, will bring you growth, and will mostly bring you fucking power. Step into your power. Um, I don't even know who says this, but how you do anything is how you do everything. So do everything well. Rest well. Eat well, move well, do it all as well as you can. And that means that you're going to have to become a little bit more awake and a little bit more aware, doing things mindfully. Become a little bit more open and a little bit more receptive to everything around us, to everything around you. Um, love, accept, appreciate, forgive, for fucking give. That's a hard one for me. It's a hard one for me to forgive the people who have hurt me and harmed me, even though they are my best and greatest teachers. And even though I would loathe to go through the shit that I went through again, I'm very grateful for all of the pain 
that has been brought to me because it's not about it's not poor me, it's not victim. It didn't happen to me, it happened for me. There we go, that's another Aubrey Marcus thing. It's not happening to you, it's happening for you. So find your fucking lesson, grow. That's your choice. You can sit there and be victim, which I did. It doesn't get us too many places, right? Find your strength. Use that. Use that person who says you can't as drive, because you fucking can. And then just find your radiance, find your light. Find your love and you're going to do that by forgiving. You're going to do that by being compassionate to yourself. All right, that's what I got for you. Um, kind of scattered thought. That This is me. This is how I kind of do things. It's scattered. I like to think that hopefully I tie it all back into a, a loop somewhere. But if not, reach out to me. If you want me to keep talking about one thing in particular, I definitely will. Um, so much love for you guys. Thank you for coming to my classes. Thank you for listening to, to this. Yeah, if you ever have any questions about anything, um, feel free to reach out. I'm always open uh, to chat and to converse. I think that putting this stuff out there, creating these stories, creating this, this dialogue, this conversation is really, really important. And we all, all of us have something to say about it. We all have something to say, something to learn. So thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.